welcome to Strange Cast, Player One vs. World's Life is Strange podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adnan. My co-host, Adam, is here. Adam, you hip? I'm here. It's wintertime. That means we're all gaining weight. Yeah, it's very cold. It's very cold. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the mood the mood has very much shifted, but you're here. So we'll try and lighten up the mood in some ways and in other ways not. But yeah, uh, welcome back. Uh, this will be one of our, I think this will be our second to last episode of the year, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, be so, second yeah. to last. Yeah, I think we'll record again after Christmas, and then I'll uh, try and get it out before Christmas, just to mark it as the end of year podcast. Um, did we start this this year, or was it last year? Uh, I think we started as twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. So after, last year. Uh, so this will another year marked off. Years. Then we can do then. But yeah, um, as I said, thank you for joining us. If you are new here as well, please do leave a subscribe, like, turn on notifications, share with your friends as well. Helps keep up to date with our content mainly. And also Strangecast is available on all podcast services. So you can check us out on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify with a video version as well, just like we are on YouTube. And all that other good jazz as well. And as I said, if you are watching YouTube, you do have the video version with audio as well. Um, So we are back. And uh, a lot of news, actually. Didn't think we'd get this much news. Um, But we actually have a bit more meatier section of news. And then we also have a main topic, which we'll go into. And our main topic is related to our news topic that we're going to kick off things. So we'll spread it out evenly. So... The Life is Strange Twitter account on the 7th of December has now confirmed Steph's story. The official Life is Strange novel from Titan Books is available to pre-order now. Releasing 21st of March, 2023, written by Rosie Four, the book gives an unmissable new look into Steph's life from Seattle to Haven Springs. That's the first tweet. Got a nice little pre-order banner. Also the cover, which I think we'll talk about in a little bit. Number two, which is a, a breakdown of what happens. We've got Steph Gingrich has finally run out of couches to surf. Now she's back at her dad's place in Seattle to figure out what she wants to do with the rest of her life. Steph fills her time working at the local gamer cafe and running RPG sessions in the evening until one day Izzy whirls into Steph's existence, clutching a crumpled stack of band posters. Izzy is electric, a punk, a girl who likes girls and a hella good, a hella good guitarist. Sorry. Turns out the punk life is exactly what Steph needs. She looks, she loves the music, the art, and the fashion, but most of all, she likes the girl. Entranced, she offers to drum for Izzy, forming the band Drugstore Makeup. A, a hit in more ways than one Drugstore Makeup competes in a battle of the bands before deciding to tour the offbeat punk venues of America. But Steph and Izzy soon find themselves on different wavelengths, unable to communicate and needing different things. So that's a full breakdown of that. And then another tweet, which was linked on to different wavelengths. Hey, I was exactly the same when I saw that last night. I was like, ah, yes, of course. And obviously then, uh, life is strange is linked to links where you can buy the book, which includes forbidden planet in the UK, Amazon, etc. Um, I had to look on forbidden planet. Um, and this is where they confirm that the cover art is, is, um, subject to change. Um, oh. And weirdly enough, the book is already on sale on there as well. So if you're in the UK, you can pick it up for £6 over a £9 asking price. Not even out yeah. yet, but it's being, uh, it's, it's on it's on reduced price. Um, but saying that, there's a delivery cost of £2 on it anyway. So you're basically paying the full price of the book. So caveats. Sure. But yeah, we got that. And then obviously the same synopsis is on there. Uh, da, 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 paperback. Do you how many pages it is? Nope, 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 no specifications yet on it. 
No. So, yeah, we finally have more details on Steph's story, including a full breakdown oh, of wait. it. No, I have pages on the Barnes & Noble one. It is 304 pages. Damn. And, it's, full of and it has an age range of 14 years old. So well, there it's you go. for a 14-year-old. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have page numbers there. So almost close to 400 pages on on Steph's story. So, yeah, it's, it's good that we got this news because obviously they confirmed it just not too long ago that this was happening. And now we have details of what's happening in the book. Uh, the cover art was something that really struck me. I'm not really a huge fan of it. I don't know how you feel about it. Um, it looks like a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe if I'm being a bit too mean, a bit of a poor Photoshop or something with Steph. I don't know. I just, I just not That's what I was thinking. It doesn't look like, maybe, um, it maybe, doesn't look like I've, an artist rendition. No, but maybe I've been, uh, um, spoiled by Cleo, um, Claudia Leonardi's drawings for the Life of Strange Comics saying that I'm like maybe. this a little bit, but I think like, I'm just not really necessarily hugely sold on like how Steph looks. I would have preferred it to be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, maybe I, I maybe I preferred hand drawn, but it is a novel, so it's completely different. Um, but yeah, we have Steph on the front cover, and obviously in the background we have like you know the the band on there. Again, no no front page of Izzy. Again, something interesting there. Yeah, um, interesting. I'm also like looking the, the, for the, any kind of hints for the, maybe a Seattle tour. Maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. The hot dog man's in there. Well, hot dog man is in there, yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if they like there'll be there'll be references to uh, towards what happened in Arcadia Bay because they did that in the Wavelengths DLC. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I find it really interesting. Again, Izzy's not on the front cover as well. Like they always do this with the dynamic with um, Life is Strange. Like look at how all the characters have been like Sean and Daniel, um, Rachel and Chloe, uh, Chloe and Max. There's never really been a centric one person cover. Like obviously maybe with the Life is Strange one, you have Max on the front cover. Um, and chloe on the second one but i'm saying like i question again why izzy's not on here like will this be released in markets where like china and stuff like that where basically anything to do with trans is like really heavily criticized i said this about wavelengths i said this where i'm always kind of like i really want to go and play the chinese version of life is strange true because i'd like to see what's actually censored and what isn't censored so there's that huge row that happened with um with true colors when they had the tibet flag in the town it erupted in china as you could expect and then also this as well, like if this is positioned in worldwide markets, maybe they've intentionally left Izzy off because of the trans character position that she has. So it's like, I'm a little bit, you know, a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning it. Obviously, I know, again, it's Steph's story. She's the main character. That's why they might have just done it for that reason. But I just feel like Izzy's absence, again, is very noteworthy. It, feel, it feels like very hollow. It feels very hollow to me. It's the same as it was, was in True Colors as well. She kept getting referred to it. And then we really, read, I think we saw one drawing or something of Izzy no actual kind of like depiction of her as an actual character. So I was a bit like, I don't know if you're going to actually do it. If you're going to attack this, do it the same way as they did in life is strange to go on head on and take the hit. If there's people that don't like it, then you're just going to have to accept that. Like, well, you need to have a bit of conviction of it. So, um, that's just my, my two cents on that. The story. Yeah. Again, seems, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to think if this is Rosie Four's story or if it's square Enix's Mm. story. Um, I think this is one thing you'll find out very quickly. Like, obviously, when I did my interview with uh, Emma Bocelli, which you can go watch on YouTube, uh, Emma's Emma's original pitch for the Life of Strange comic series was very different to what she ended up writing. So, again, that was a very much a publisher kind of decision that came down from the top of the story that they wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. So, like, I do question if this is 
Rosie Four story, or if it's Square Enix's pitch for the story. It might have been Square Enix's pitch with Rosie Four writing in all the details of it. So again, I'm not too sure about that, but um, I'll I'll leave the other part I'm going to say for the later topic that we'll do for the main topic. But um, what do you think of all this? Yeah, no, you make a good point that like it could be just a pitch made by Square Enix given to uh, the author, and you know they, you know, Rosie has to, you know, kind of go around that pitch. Like, hey, here are your guidelines, and if you like hit these like highlights, good. If you don't hit any of these highlights, you're gonna have to rewrite it, and that's unfortunately, you know, the name of the game when it comes to any kind of art, you know, you, you work with a client and they give you a pitch and they're like, okay, I got to write around that. Now <laughs> the pitch itself, I'm not like a big fan of this very, this very much feels like a stereotypical, like, Oh, she's a nerd, but likes music. Well, what are you going to do? Like this Ooh, is the gamer this cafe like gamer cafe. Yeah. It's a gamer cafe running RPG sessions. Like, and then, but she's also in a band, and it's just like it sounds like this is a pitch made by CBS. Like this sounds like another thing. Like, <sighs> like this is like a sitcom I, on CBS. To jump into what you say, I get it because I think it's like when like a CBS or whatever weird station does makes like a TV show, like say by the Bell, and tries to write things for kids and thinks they understand what kids like and do. Like when I look at the first Life is Strange, I think it's intentionally awkward. So like you know, like Michelle, yeah. Luke, Raoul, all the Jean Luc, all the people who were involved, um, Christian Divine when they were doing the first Life is Strange, it's unintentionally awkward of like the, yes. the kind of the high school atmosphere, like you know, all the cliches and stuff. But this one seems like the over like, oh yeah, she's in a band, she's like, you know, working this gamer cafe, she's doing yeah. this, and she meets this eccentric girl that likes her. It's like it's a bit like I'm like, I'm like, she like you had like a checklist, you like tick, 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 tick. It's like that Which is why bit. I think um, you're I think you're right in to say that like this is a this is a Square Enix pitch because a creative artist, much like Rosie, who knows art, knows the art of storytelling, knows how to make a character more than two two dimensional. Mm -hmm. This is this is made by Square Enix and um for sure maybe, and Rosie maybe i'm being right harsh though as well maybe i'm saying it being quite harsh as a, as a 20 29 year old man that obviously doesn't get understand this like 14 year old kind of like pitch that it's been targeted towards as an audience but i just think that there's like too many like a yeah. little bit like i'm like all right like, is it are we hitting all these notes are we hitting all these like beats and stuff uh, i'm like i'm like it's just i don't know i, I, yeah. I, I don't know how to really really explain it i just feel like it's not like, not not why I envisioned yeah. a little bit. Like when I was reading that thing, it's like, well, she works in RPG and she gets RPG sessions and all this. I'm like, well, you cringe That's a little bit, mean, don't you? It's, it definitely feels it could go either way, I guess. But at the same time, um, I'm still going to read this. I'm still going to like give my thoughts on it. But uh, I know it is a young adult novel, but that doesn't mean young adults um, has to be corny. If, if that makes any yeah. sense, it never has to mean that, but a, a lot of, um, a lot of adults will think that you have to pander down to the youth, uh, speaking as a former youth pastor, but you know, there's a lot of people that like came to me and it's like, Oh, well, why don't you try watering it down? I'm like, cause they're smarter. Like kids are not as stupid as people might nah. say they are, but you know, and this feels like a watered down, like, Oh, I won't get hip with the 
with the chillins, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. gamer cafe. It's like, oh it, my god, chill. It is a very difficult ask to write for young kids. Like, I, I kind of this is why my kind mm. of reception was was life first, life is strange when they used to get really criticized for it. Like they're using hella every four sentences, and it's like, do they even know what kids talk like in American schools and all this? Like, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I was like, but put it into context. I'm like, they're all a French development team, heavily influenced by stuff like. Um, Twin Peaks and other American literature, TV shows, etc. And they can only give you so much of what they can know of it. It's like, you know, if you're asking me to write something about English, like if you were writing about an English high school or something, you'd be like writing it in such a, and it's such a cliche kind of way. I'd be looking at it like, Adam, no one talks like this. Everyone says to me about Doctor Who. Actually, like, is that I what England's heard, really like? At, at, out of the West Coast of America, people do say hello. That's what I mean. Yeah. So I, I it wasn't, it wasn't completely like shocked with me. I think they were kind of criticizing them using it hella so many times and those kind of like yeah they won't say a it little like bit. that many times but they they will say yeah it. you know just like um, little... in the midwest we say oh gee sorry oh sorry yeah and obviously there's some like <laughs> there's like some little bit of awkward dialogue here and there but it, i kind of get it though like you know i don't think you really know who you are until you're in your, in your late 20s like i look at myself like i was saying in this conversation but for those like 10 years ago like you thought you were hip you thought you knew everything you thought you'd enter the adult years you know shit all until you hit your 20, late 20s into your 30s because at that point you basically spent your entire life whatever's mm -hmm. happened whether it's been misguided everything else and then you get to 30 and you become really self-aware of who you are as an adult and you realize all yeah. the lessons you made etc that's what i mean like you can see in your face it's, it's hitting all the beats of that um yeah so like I, exactly. I, I'm, I'm not too I, I i just i just wonder how how actually let's let's i'll i'll leave that for later on because as i said the main topic will relate to this because there's lots to be kind of picked apart with steph's story um mm -hmm. just in the fact that it's steph as well so it's like you know and as and i don't hate steph obviously love katie love like the character but there's like a lot to unpackage with steph i think um and i think we'll try and do a book club next year it'll probably be like late 2023 considering my reading pace compared to adam's i think adam will give you the first verdict on steph's story before me but if you guys do want to like, do a little bit of a book club on that actual novel, we can definitely look into it. And I think we'll try and attack the comics next year at some point as well. See if we can kind of like break them down one by one and kind of like, you know. Yeah. I'll probably be on your same before. pace with reading because starting next year, I'm going full production on the full length album. So my my reading pace will probably match yours. So it'll be nice yeah. for you. You know, you'll my, actually my, even my reading pace. full <laughs> In full production, I'll be reading faster than you. I I read purely non-fiction stuff, so I've read biographies before, and very few yeah. far and come. And the other ones as well, like, in my life, I've only read seven fiction books. I, like, finished them, and yeah. they were the Harry Potter books. Like, I've oh my never God. anything. I've never been able to make it through anything. My mind doesn't work like that. I just can't picture things. I'm just like, I lose I lose my track of, like, something after. I'm like, what happened there? Like, that, like flicking oh through, like, why can't I just like reverse like a DVD or something? Jeez. <laughs> um, so it, takes, I, practice. Right, okay, it think, takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it's an art form for some people, but I think I will mm. come back on this a bit more because there's a lot to be said with it. Um, should we jump into the next topic? I definitely think so. I'm excited for this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So big news came out, which was uh, yeah. wasn't expecting, wasn't expected by this. Um, so at the Game Awards, of course. Our Lord and Savior, the Dorito Pope, Jeff Keighley, allowed Don't Nod mm -hmm. to uh, announce one of its games there. So we now have confirmation that Don't Nod revealed its action RPG Banishers yeah. Ghost of a New Eden. So 
I'll go to go. I'll go to. Actually, I'll read from the press release. I think that's probably more clear away. I was going to use Game Informers, but let's do this. So, Focus Home, uh, Focus Entertainment, and Don't Nod has announced in 2018, following the success of Vampire, a new collaboration to bring one of the most ambitious projects in the history of both publishers and the studio. Focus Entertainment's participation in the Game Awards 2022. I'm not reading all those nominations, is the occasion to unveil this brand new project set to release in late 2023, Banishes Ghost of New Eden. Experiencing, Ooh. experience a, <laughs> thank you, experience a powerful yeah. and intimate narrative in this action RPG, playing as two proficient ghost hunters and lovers faced with impossible choices and their dramatic cho- consequences for the living and the dead dun 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 Ooh. the world premiere reveal trailer showcases the hallmarks of don't nod a striking art direction strong character and plot characters and plot as well as a unique fantasy world so we have john burt managing director at focus entertainment said and i quote we're so excited to finally lift the veil on banishes a project born from our long-standing partnership with don't nod the studio has an unmatched talent for creating words that are as unique as they are immersive they are amazing storytellers who know how who, how, who know how to truly enhance an efficient, innovative game, gameplay with narrative and emotions. That's exactly what they are doing with Banishers. It's a very ambitious project, which is sure to receive a very warm welcome from players all around the world. And also Oscar Gilbert, CEO of Don't Nod, said, and I quote, We are very proud to present our new action RPG to our gaming community. Following the international success of Vampire, the new original IP showcases all the studio's expertise with the spectacular combat uh, mechanics, iconic character designs, and breathtaking environments. I would like to thank the Don't Nod development teams for their commitment of this ambitious project and our partner, Focus Entertainment, for its support in this new co-production, the first reveal of our 2023 to 2025 pipeline, which will create a lot of value, end quote. So we had confirmation there. Um, and before we kick into this, obviously, there's a trailer and stuff. One thing I did notice, because I was sleuthing around on Twitter, as I usually do. So I went to... Um, Matthew Alves, who worked on, who works at Don't Nod, who's 11th designer, he is working on Banishes. And to give you context for the video version of people watching, this is the logo for this Don't Nod game. Yeah. So just to confirm that as well. So that is that that is one of the six projects. Obviously, we know Montreal's is the tape. This is the one for um, Banishes. Um, this is the one that we thought could be. Tell me why the one of the mm-hmm. six that we kept saying was that. <laughs> yeah, we did think so, it was. Tell me why, didn't we? Yeah, there, there, there was like kind of moments for it, but you know we have confirmation of it. So first of all, f- kick things off. We don't have Vampire for what we know. Nope. Because this, because that was that was a focus developed title. So that is not one of the six games in production. Can no. confirm that out there now, because um, all the others are self published, as as we we've talked about before in, in previous episodes, and as we found out, this looks yeah. cool though. You know, and this gives me a lot of things to think about because one now and i'll kick things off straight away is that with this Go game coming out in late late 2023 montreal's game is not coming out in 2023 now and no. i'm dead certain on that no it will no. get it will get revealed in my opinion as a prediction from here it'll get revealed again at the games award next year and that will be released in 2024 yeah there's no way there's no way the montreal game and this yeah. one is going to come out in the same year for Don't Know's fiscal earnings and its reporting and everything else. It is not going to port two of its biggest hitters out in the same year. This is a big one for Don't Know. 
it needs to do it needs to have the same success as vampire and, the, and as, as we've spoken about before the the montreal project has huge expectations on that as well um so like my my prediction now is ha- having seen this we mm-hmm. won't see montreal's game next year or we might see a, a trailer for it. we won't yeah a trailer we'll yeah. see a trailer we see it we might see a trailer or an announcement for it it's not coming out in 2023 not a chance no i am literally scrolling through don't nod's twitter because i'm trying to find that video game with all the cover arts and man they tweet a lot it's like they're a professional <laughs> twitter account and they have to post every day wow what a shocker um god dang uh yeah can't find it anywhere i mean i'm sure if i keep scrolling but i'm not going to do that anymore but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I don't think that they're going to show it because this seems like a pretty big production game. Like, we got to see gameplay, uh, a little bit of gameplay mechanics at the end of the trailer, which was yep. sick. And, and I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people, not a lot of people, but there's a good amount of people on the internet that's saying, like, oh, why can't we get Vampire 2? Oh, this is great and all, but, like, this this could have been Vampire 2. And I'm like... Speaking speaking as a very, 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 very small artist, okay, like sometimes it's fine for artists to just not want to go back to the same thing. They want to do something new, you know, which is why it's surprising that Supermassive Games is going to Hades 2. Like they never do sequels ever. They, they just mm. go on to different, different, different. But something about Hades, they're just like, oh, let's do another one. And that should be an artist mentality to just say, like, well, okay, I want to go back to this, and that's how you get a good sequel. Unlike Force Unleashed 2, you could tell that the, the, the developers didn't want to make a Force Unleashed 2, but, you know, you kept asking for it, and we got a abysmal game. But yeah. um, going back to this topic, I think this game looks fantastic. I think it looks... Like, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to have great combats, in, in my opinion. And it's going to feel a lot like Vampire, which, uh, Adnan, have you played Vampire yet? On my hit list. I own it. It's on my hit list. God dang it. Yeah, no, like, if you play Vampire, <laughs> it's got, it's very fluid. It's very, it's very satisfying. And what this game looks like is like a Vampire-esque game, but in a different setting, in a different story. Uh, in a different context, and I am digging this one. Like I, I watched yeah. the trailer a couple times, and I'm just like, "Yes, please, gimme, gimme, gimme." Mm. Spiritual successor for Vampire, very much so in my eyes. Not having not I played Vampire, so, but yeah. it feels like it. Yeah, they'll 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 hit the same kind of beats as Vampire, and obviously, again, with focus, big kind of like push on marketing. They'll have like big publisher financing this, etc. So it's all kind of. Um, good news for don't nod um and as you said i watched the trailer as well it looked very good i was like this was in a game awards which had like some really great games that were announced and i was like watching and i was like very excited because like gaming has been a kind of a bit stagnating this year um but this is like good news as well this is good news for don't nod as a public company we talked about like the shares the kind of business model the fiscal earnings like you know royalty is only going to come in so much for life is strange for um vampire etc whatever contracts they have from that so like for like their stock value, for example, you'll see it in climb because when we were talking about um, it a couple of months ago in the podcast, it was down as well when we were talking yes. about its, its shareholders. In the next three years, it should increase now because they've now gone past the period of growing the company 
with all the divisions mm-hmm. it's doing to now going to have a it has a pipeline up to 2025 games so hopefully with big strong re- return in sales yes you should see a growth in the stock and the growth of the company as well um, not to mention that they'll probably will charge full prices for these games as well so microsoft has recently jacked up its prices now following very much in sony's footsteps to make it 70 dollars games at launch um so yeah, this is this is good for Don't Know though. It was really kind of a nice surprise for them to put it in there. And obviously, again, it came out of nowhere, and it, I, I watched it. You know, I got typed on Twitter from Anthony. I was like, "Oh, this is really cool to see it," and I just really enjoyed watching what I saw from it. Don't know if it's a day one release for me. Don't know if I'll buy it day one, but I, I would like to see how it performs again. Like they, they're yeah. there, there probably hopes to kind of see a vampire kind of like reception towards yeah, it, if anything. And I wouldn't be surprised if it gets that as well. It's really unfortunate that we're in a day and age where buying games day one is just questionable uh take for example oh. the, the latest pokemon game that came out and it's just a buggy mess i Shocking. bought yeah i bought the Callisto. Yeah, i know honestly i bought the the callisto <sighs> protocol day one for me you bought I day do, one yes yes oh i yes i did and i am very wow. much enjoying it i love it and everybody on the internet like can't stand the game like oh it's so disappointing (laughs) blah 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 here's the thing all of their complaints are my ideal video game it's linear (laughs) yep it's only 14 hours long yep it's like oh it's like a little gruesome like it's all there's way too gruesome yes (laughs) it's like everybody doesn't like it i very much am enjoying my time with it but at the same time, I'm not trying to say buy Callisto Protocol right now, but we are in a day and age where it's like, no matter how excited we are for a game, you really can't buy things day one anymore, except for I the Callisto Protocol. I haven't, I haven't bought God of War. That was hyped up so much at the beginning yeah. of the year. I haven't bought, the only game I've bought brand new at release was Horizon, and I paid like £300 or something for the collector's edition, which I kind of regret a little bit, but you know, I didn't buy it. Yeah. But I paid... That was my only release of the year that I bought. I, do, I and it's it's weird because like as you said it now, I've noticed over the last couple of years, I've slowly started to spend less on brand new games. I buy very few at launch. Like last three years, maybe have been two brand new games at launch, like True Colors, for example, mm-hmm. whatever. But now it's like slowly, incrementally coming down. So I'm like, I yeah. see these games and I'm like, they're not worth the price tags. And 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 if it gets a bad reception, maybe like even like the Callisto Protocol, I buy with conviction because like, at this point, I'm, I'm going to buy because I want to play. It. I don't care what reviewers think and Sometimes, exactly, you know, that's it's what I out. said. Yeah, sometimes it's worked out better for me because I think like Death Stranding's great and then other people hate it and I'm like, well, you have no taste in video games. You're terrible at this, <laughs> etc. So like, I, I'm very convicted of what I do. If I buy something, I see it and I like it. I can have a completely different experience from it. So that's what I've kind of taken away from like even like looking at reviews or reading them. It's like, even with God of War at this point, I'm like thinking, do I buy it? I really want to play it over the Christmas holiday or should I just wait until it comes onto PS Plus, which it's eventually going to do? Yeah, if someone spoils sure. it before this, I don't really care. I'll probably forget. I have a goldfish memory yeah. anyway. But it's like I'm just kind of more convinced in buying games that, like, when I look at things, if I'm going to put seventy pounds or seventy dollars or however much it's going to be, I look at something like Grand Theft Auto Six and I'm like, yeah, I want that. Not just because it's sure. Grand Theft Auto, it's like it's because it's going to have the meat of the content that I want. I'm excited for that kind of game. And same with like other games. Like when I'm looking at next year, I'm like, I'm hesitant on certain things. Like Montreal's like a day one buy for me, irregardless of what happens. It could get oh, absolutely yeah. panned in the reviews. I don't care. I want it because it's, it's something I'm very interested in. I've followed it, and that's why I'm keen on it. Same with when they announced Death Stranding 2. I'm like, this exact same. So it's like this game as well. Yeah. I can see it selling well, um, but it's like, again, we I need cannot believe things. they greenlit Death Stranding 2. 
I cannot believe. Bro, it was so like, I don't know. I don't feel like it sold super well, didn't it? I don't think it met expectations. I'm pretty sure. Hideo Kojima on a game, it sells. That man That's is like true. The, has the same has the same aura as uh, Steven Spielberg. It's not a blockbuster hit by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but it's going to sell. It's going to it's going to be a blockbuster release for them. And the yeah. productions there, etc. It's, it's not like it's not it's not a huge system sell. It's not a huge like it's not Pokemon, for example. But it sell his no. game sell. You can you yeah. can take the the risk with it. Um, Pokemon was a very surprise for me as well when I saw the news with that and all the reactions. I was surprised like, of how buggy that was. Like yeah, that's like. I knew I knew it was going to be bad, but oh yeah, I canceled my pre-order. I, like, yeah, like I pre-ordered I, it, and I was like, and I had a feeling in my gut. I'm like, ooh, wait, no, and I canceled it. I was like, nope. I'm I never expected that did. from Nintendo. Just for context as well, during the little screen, yeah. uh, the little gold circle that has on all the front covers, the Nintendo seal of yes. approval. That is basically Nintendo putting on their products after the video game crash in the 1980s. So basically every Nintendo game has had it since then saying that Nintendo's seal of approval is to say that it's a good quality game because they wanted to reassure customers at that point that you should buy video games because obviously the crash happened with all the stuff yes. that Atari happened, etc. So they were basically saying with Nintendo's seal of approval, we're going to put out good games. But again, that's indicative of where the industry is right now. How many times have I said in the last couple of podcasts, I'm getting fed up of seeing games come out day one with like 1600 bucks that need patching. Yeah. Patch, 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 all the way through. It's like, I'm bored of that now. So unless yeah. I see a game where, where I really want to commit to it, I'm going to buy it and I'll and I'll and I'll put the money towards it. So like I can see that kind of um, that criticism comes with with those kind of games. But onto this kind of point, we don't know. I could see this selling well. I could also see it seeing mm. a little bit of a struggle because, for example, if Focus now start jacking up prices to seventy dollars, and yeah. we're getting a bit political in here, and if obviously the recession starts to hit in the next year, which it will do across the world, mm-hmm. you know they're already worrying about how much video game. Is going to, video game industry is going to get impacted by sales and revenue and etc. So there's like there's caveats towards this um, towards this game, and obviously maybe maybe it gets pushed back. It could get pushed back into 2024. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, honestly, Anything and, and it's I, very I, unfortunate, but yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I could ha- see it happening. But again, I, on the on the more positive news, it was really cool. It looked cool. It's nice to see that Donut is still making these kind of games in this kind of in this kind of vein and um where they can build on success obviously there's big ambitions for this in the publisher and the studio for the next five ten years and this definitely fits in line with it mm-hmm. yeah no it's so um, yeah what's that no you got anything else oh, sorry no i was just gonna say um uh buy a callisto protocol for a full price <laughs> indeed that is the one no don't do that i'm sorry i'm not i'm not gonna say that no <laughs> <laughs> Wait till it's on sale. Yeah. I, okay, my my review, my very quick review of Callisto Protocol. If if you like Dead Space, but you don't like getting scared too much, like I watch watch a review of it and wait till it's on sale for like forty bucks, and then buy it. Yeah, like buy it on sale for like forty. And I think I I personally think it's good, um, but I would not recommend you buying it for seventy dollars. No. Yeah. So be selective of what you want to buy. And uh, this yeah. one could be one for you. Buy um, Ali Ali World. Buy it. Buy Ali Ali World. Full price. Pay them more money. Throw, has throw Michelle all of your bank account them. What's that? Has Michelle responded to you yet? No, he has not. Michelle Co. has not played Ali Ali World. Michelle Co., this is me talking directly to you. It's t- 
sorry, I had coffee in my back of my throat. It is time for you to play Ali Ali World. Listen, Alejandro has gotten onto it. Luke has gone onto it. Hey, Adnan, he's played it. Adnan, say you've played it. Adnan, say you've played it. Yeah, I played it. Thank you, Adnan. See, Adnan has played it. Michelle Co. This is me talking to you. Play Ali Ali World. Support the team, and I'll support you. It, 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 mic drop. Okay. So yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be surprised if he responds to you. I'll be very surprised if he responds to you. I will be too, yeah. I'll support okay. him either way. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's switch gears. Yeah. So we are now moving into deck nine. So we've got a little bit of nice little news here. We are going to the expanse. So the director, Stephen Frost, confirmed some very great news, um, yes. which is that Erica freaking Mori. Life is Strange, True Colors actor Alex Chen herself is in The Expanse. What? Um, Me and you are shocked. Oh, this yeah, is news I, to, to us. For context as well, as I basically watched a lot of like Erica Mori's like streamly signings and stuff like that. And she was like, she's like, yeah, you know, it's very exciting, all this, etc. And like, she's like, um, you know, I'm going to be working on another game. And I'm like, and I'm like, Erica, please, please, please. I'm like, quietly watch us. I'm like, please don't say anything. Please don't say anything. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. It's like, it was announced at the Game Awards. Can I say, I was like, Erica, please, please, please. I was like, please don't say anything right now. I was like, you just said the Game Awards. You live in Colorado. Get Nine is yeah. working on these ones. It's like, please do not say anything else. Like, but she didn't. So we already had like a, we already had, a, I, I said to Adam, I was like, I'm pretty convinced Erica Mori is working on the expanse with Deck Nine. But so, yes. Erica Mori is in The Expanse, um, as Adam has, uh, we, we both laughed when we saw this as well. So this is from mm -hmm. Stephen Frost, who is the director on The Expanse, tweeted, another fun insight about The Expanse, a Telltale series reveal trailer, Cara G has done full motion capture for the game. But in this trailer, Erica Mori performed mocap as drummer, and Cara did the mm -hmm. VO for the performance. They've been best friends ever since. So it was quite nice with that. And mm -hmm. I also responded to Stephen Frost there. I said to him, yes. like, it's very cool to see Erica Mori working with Deck Nine again, Stephen. I uh, hope you had fun working with her on The Expanse. She's such a talented actor, and she's very good with Meisner acting, as many of her Life is Strange True Colors colleagues told me. At which point, Frost <laughs> responded saying, Mori has definitely been killing it. Don't tell her I said that, though. I've heard you're not supposed to praise actors. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It, it was really cool seeing this. Like It was like kind of like nice, you know cat out of the bag announcement. Um, I actually don't know if Erica has actually spoken about it publicly about it or like said anything on streams and stuff from what I know. She hasn't really right. said anything about it. Um, and I've just seen these time tweets. I saw her interacting with Stephen a couple of times over like last um, period since um, The Expanse has been announced. So it obviously again gave me another inkling that it was going to happen. But yeah, Erica Mori is in The Expanse. Um, I still need to watch the show. I I've got it on Prime Video. It's like loaded into my, my um, watch list. I'm just trying to find yeah. like a moment where I can sit down and start watching. So I, I will play it before it comes out. Like I want to get into it just because it's deck nine and also it's telltale as well. It's kind of like two, Oh yeah. Two birds with uh, killing two birds with one stone at that point. Um, but I'm very excited to see her back in this. Um, obviously it, you know, it, incredible performance in true colors, very, very much stole the show in so many respects. And, um, yeah, it's good to see her get another gig straight after that from uh, true colors. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, no, well-deserved. Uh, I'm excited for this game. I'm excited to see Eric Mori uh, performing once again. Uh, and it seems like they're really they're, they're really going after this one. Like, they've have made a new engine for it. They've got solid actors. So I'm definitely excited for this one. 
Absolutely. Very exciting. And uh, we'll, we'll link this into the next piece of news if you want. This is a double dose of Telltale. Oh, okay. So a bit of news as well from Telltale, which has confirmed that The Expanse will still come in 2023. So they tweeted, yes. um, first, congrats to, congrats to all the teams celebrating tonight at the Game Awards. We've had the honor of being there, and we know y'all were hoping for an update. We just don't have news for you quite yet. Please trust teams are busy working, and we look forward to sharing more in 2023. So they said it in a statement, like picture quote on Twitter, which was, as the dev teams work on both the Expanse and Telltale series of Wolf Among Us 2, we've, uh, we've been keeping to our promise. Uh, we've been keeping our promise to you here in social. We've been as transparent as possible. We've shared news as get as the games get made. Earlier this year, Jeff Keighley joined us in a virtual Fable Town to give, give you a ton of info and answer a lot of big questions in a video reveal for The Wolf Among Us 2. We took you deeper into the Expanse, a Telltale series, showing some of the new gameplay types um, you can look forward to when the game ships next summer. Mm. We know what you're thinking, quote unquote. Does this mean that you're going to show more about each soon? End quote. The answer for now is no. As much as we want to share more, every trailer made or big gameplay reveal takes time away from working on the games you want to play. While yes. we are a small team, we are still on track for delivering first ex the first experiences at the new Telltale next year. In fact, we are planning on some fun stuff to celebrate our return in 2023. Like you, we can't wait either, the Telltale team. So that's just a confirmation that uh, the Expanse will still is still on target for 2023 as a release. Okay, can I... Like, that hit home for me. The third... Hit home, again, as a very... I need to repeat this. Very, very small independent artist. Like, I have no idea the, the, ex, like, the extent of this, but uh, I need to put that out there. But, yeah, the third one where it says the answer is no. As much as we want to share more, every trailer made in big gameplay reveal takes time away from working on the game. And I'm like, I, I feel that because there's so many times... I want to make a new TikTok to like kind of like expand, you know, what what I want to do and just like talk about what I'm doing. There are several times where I want to make an Instagram post or share something. But again, like even those like short, like maybe 30 minutes is time away from the keyboard here and like making the music and all that. So it's like for that little piece of just like me, like I, I want to make a TikTok, I want to share, but that's taking time away from the art that I want to do with the limited time that I have on a bigger scale of artists, you know, like every time someone has to make that trailer, someone has to make that reveal, right? And that takes time away from getting the game to you in 2023. And people seem to think that, like, oops, okay, am I good? Uh, yeah, so that takes time away from getting it, and people seem to think that trailers just happen out of nowhere. You can just, like, copy and paste, like, a video, like, video editing, like, oh, just take a clip, and then just, like, put it on TikTok. It's fine. It's cool. But it, it it's more than just a magical, whimsical um, send-off that fans seem to think it is. It, it takes a lot of time and that time is spent getting the game to you on time, you know? 
Yeah, that's as you said, all that. And then, like, as I said before, alluded to it, like, you know, next year will be rough for a lot of people. Like, there will be recessions. There will be something, stuff hitting the games industry. Like, we don't know if all these games are still on track for next year. They might say it now, but, you know, three or four months from now when they start cutting, if, if any studios have to start cutting stuff, then they will start pushing projects back. There's no guarantee on what's going to happen at this point. Um, so it's like, you know, the development needs to be focused on first. And it's got, it's good that they've got, because they've, they've kind of done what they need to do. I don't feel like Telltale isn't really going to show off huge gameplay experiences for The Wolf Among Us and, and The Expanse. Like, what else really are you going to get from it? We kind of know what Telltale does and what they've done mm-hmm. for many years. And same with Deck Nine as well. The games aren't built on, like, immersive, hugely gameplay, like, extravaganza kind of events where you play stuff. So it's like, well, when we get it, when we get it, that's fine for me. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of like... I'm kind of like reassured that the fact that they're just coming in 2023. They're both games that I'm interested in. I love the Wolf Among Us too. Really, really enjoyed. Uh, uh, sorry, really, really enjoyed the Wolf Among Us. The you first played one, Wolf very Among Us two book. already. Whoa! Time traveler. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube tram- I am a YouTube time traveler, and I played these games. Yeah. No, um, no. I, mean, I was very, I very much love the first Wolf Among Us, and uh, very excited for the number two. And then obviously, Expanse is something that I kind of want to sit down and get invested in got prime as well so it's kind of like i can just binge through all the series i just want to see what what, what. I, I i still find the expanse such a weird thing like, i don't i don't know if it's like it's like it's weird for me to hear about it that these studios are going to be working on it and then me having never heard anything about it because it's like when it's like oh it's, a, it's like a star wars game i expect it to be like oh yeah you know star wars and whatever else and i'm pretty in um in sync with my culture references and everything else but just a bit weird um never heard of it but very excited nonetheless um just one more thing as well. I thought I saw, found something from Stephen's uh, Twitter page, which was uh, another tweet where he put, we announced Telltale the Expanse a year ago today, where he tweeted two days ago, and he put, the floating bullet says Deck 9, 9 millimeter as a Deck 9 Easter egg in the trailer. And he put, I did the narration. Originally, it was going to be someone else, but the show production company liked mine, so we kept it. So this is for the reveal trailer um, at the Game Awards. Yes. Which are two nice, two nice little Easter eggs as well. Uh, if you want to, you, know, you should go and follow Steam as well. Really nice guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, generally speaking, that's, I feel like I've, I've, I've spoken my piece about it. Obviously more, more coverage will come on the expanse and et cetera in the, in the near future when we kind of get to it. But um, Adam, do you have anything else to add? Nope. Just very, very excited for this game too. I am excited for the deck nine and don't nod right now. <laughs> Indeed. Very much so. So I'm going to restructure this a little bit. I'm going to move the mm-hmm. top, next topic to the one bef- after it, because I'm going to go to the Deck Nine one, because I feel like it okay. just kind of goes nicely with this one. So yes. just to kind of follow up, we talked about it in the previous episode, but Deck Nine is recruiting a lot, a lot. Yes. So I was on Instagram and I saw this, which is that they posted five days ago, we're hiring. So the positions Ooh. that they're hiring for are level game designer for our next adventure game, lead programmer, mm-hmm to lead as we develop an unannounced single-player adventure game, senior producer to join our award-winning narrative adventure team, lead game designer to help support our our cinematics pipeline, gameplay programmer to join our engineering team, lead character artist to help create memorable characters for an unannounced AAA adventure game, lead environment artist to help create the world of our next adventure game, Technical artist to join our amazing art team. Senior graphics programmer to help define the look of uh, a triple A single player adventure game. All positions available on their website to be hired. Right, there's a big recruiting drive that they're doing right now. Like this is on follow up on on the on the episode before that we talked about this. Yeah, 
Um, I don't see... And also very... I don't see lead composer on there. I don't see... <laughs> I'll have to I look at some oh, Yeah. I can't... I shouldn't imply? I'll be, I'll yeah, be they, a character they, artist. They, 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 they <laughs> it, it was interesting, the phrasing of those as well, in between it. Yes. It's like, for our next adventure game, and then other ones, um, unannounced AA single adventure games. Yeah. So I don't know it's, if any of those wild. actually relate to the expanse or not, but if there's like two more projects in the works. I would think it's a separate project, honestly. I that it, it sounds like it because it sounds like they're they're working on a lot of different projects and the way this is separated, right? So like lead game designer and then lead game yep. designer and then lead environment artist. So it sounds like there's three projects that they're hiring for, yeah. Yeah, one one could be the expanse. What could be expense? Yes, um, but this is exciting. This is crazy, and it's a triple A, and it's all adventure games. Adventure, adventure, adventure. Yeah. Um, doesn't seem like they're doing any more skateboarding games. This doesn't look like they're doing. Well, it could be an adventure skateboarding game. Let's let's not let's not take away from that. You know what I mean? Like it could be skateboarding involved. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one with Dead, Dead, Dead Nine now. So it's like we'll see more from the studio in the next two, three years, hopefully. What they're doing, yes. what they're working on. Obviously, I assume as one is going to be a Life is Strange game, from what I can tell. Um, yeah, but yeah, a lot of big recruitment. So I think we can move on from that because I don't really want to bang on yeah. too much about it. It was a short segment anyway. Um, this is a big one actually. This is, came out yeah. randomly as well when I saw it. So we go into the gamer website. And the article is that Russia considers Assassin's Creed, Life is Strange, Dragon Age, and The Last of Us, quote-unquote, LGBT propaganda, end quote. So is this from Sean Yeah, Murray? I just read the, the subtext to that one. Displays of gay agenda can result in fines over $6,000? What the heck? So Sean Murray says on here, Russia has expanded its law-forbidding quote-unquote, LGBT propaganda, end quote, in national media. The law, which first passed in 2013, prohibited, quote-unquote, the propaganda of non-traditional sexual relations, end quote, in any media intended for children. The recent amendment to the law has expanded to include adults, which activists say essentially bans all LGBT plus content from media in Russia. As noted by PC Gamer, Russian po politician Yana Latrova offered a specific list of games back in November that included gay content now forbidden by the amended law. The list includes several Assassin's Creed games, Borderlands, Divinity Original Sin 2, um, Dragon Age, Life is Strange, The Last of Us, Fallout, Apex Legends, RimWorld, Overwatch, The Sims, and more. Individuals found displaying such games would face fines of up to 400,000 rubles, roughly 6,350 US dollars, while companies and organizations could face fines of up to 5 million rubles, roughly 80,000 US dollars. Um, it's not quite known what constitutes as quote-unquote gay propaganda and cut at the moment, as the new law has yet to be tested in court and has extremely vague wording. Duma chairman of the Information Policy Committee, Alexander Kinston, uh, described the law as forbidding statements praising Oscar Wilde's writing as being, quote-unquote, thanks to his orientation, end quote. 
but simply mentioning he was a gay man would not be against the law. Okay, weird that. That's weird. However, activists speaking to the Moscow Times stated that the law is so vague that it can be easily interpreted to be a full ban on any media showing LGBT plus people. Other activists speaking to Returas noted that the law also prohibits advertising for gay bars and events and public displays of affection between adults might also be against the law. Homosexuality was a crime in Russia until 1993. And even now, many LGBT plus report a general hostility atmosphere. Meanwhile, Russia's invasion of Ukraine is going swimmingly. Uh, I don't know if that's... That, a, was, I don't know, that's, that was written very poorly. That's so, that is written very poorly. Uh, okay. Okay. The, the, well, the we Russian, know what side oh, he's on. Oh, oh no, no, it's, it's it's meant to be a joke because the next part is the okay. Russian Black Sea Fleet lost its flagship. Russian soldiers are dying in the hundreds of days, and Ukraine has even mocked Russia's military using a Grand Theft Auto theme. Okay, got it. I, okay. Well, got I, I got it, it but uh, but poor still, like, in, in uh, yeah, but yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the. Uh, the most appropriate time to actually phrase that the way that he did and whatever else, but you know, as I yeah, said before, so, write, as I said, as I said before, this kind of stuff, write the news, don't write your own personal opinions and jokes. It's not, it's not a place for news, but that's my opinion. Um, so I want to read the dictionary definition of propaganda. This is from the Merriam Webster dictionary propaganda. Uh, a congregation of oh wait, this is okay. Here we go. The spreading of ideas, information, or rumor for the purpose of helping or injuring an institution, a cause, or a person. Ideas, facts, or allegations spread deliberately to further one's cause or damage one's opposing cause. Uh, a public action of having such effect. So, propaganda is to spread the idea. That I'm guessing what Russia thinks is like spreading the idea that everybody needs to be gay, I guess, is what they think that Assassin's Creed and Life is Strange and all these games they want to say that are being propaganda for the gay agenda. When in all actuality, it's more of these games are putting out to be like, hey, you're not the only one. Like, it's not to say like, hey, Adnan. When you play Life is Strange, we're asking you, hey, Adnan, be gay. Because mm. to them in Russia, being gay is a choice in Russia. In, uh, yeah. But here in the States, God bless America, not all the time. But, you know, like it's, it's just about like saying like, hey, you're not the only one around. You don't have to feel alone. Like here's some representation for you. But in Russia, they think that it's propagating an idea that everybody needs to be gay. So that's uh Russian government. You're always right. This, I is, guess. My, this is my disclaimer because I'm going to be quite open about my, my, my political, uh, it's only kind of my, my general conversations had with people. It's going to get very political. It's going to get very social, etc. So if you don't want to listen to this segment, please jump ahead to the timestamp. But I'm, like, yes. you know, my, 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 I've always, I've always wanted to like visit the red square myself in Moscow. Like I've always wanted to do it. I've studied history most of my life and loved um, reading about the Cold War and especially with Moscow and under the communist regime and stuff. I love it. Like when I go mm -hmm. to Russia, not really, if ever. 
I would not even go in, in, a, in a stable climate because I'm an Asian man and I'd rather not walk through Moscow. Like, and I'll say and that's, that's yeah. indicative of me saying it and not even someone who's from an LGBT plus background because like the, atro- the atrocities that they must still experience yes. is in itself bad enough because it might be legal homosexual uh, they might have tried to, to legalize homosexuality in in russia as they put it but it doesn't mean that people can't be you know attacked or kind of like shown some kind of hostility in itself to kind of preface that as well we are no better as western countries like mm. in the us in the uk etc people from lgbt plus backgrounds are still hostility seen from a lot of people yeah so like this isn't just a russia problem this is also a world problem but on this it doesn't surprise me that this is Russia doing this. And I feel horrible oh, yeah. to say no, that. No, it doesn't because, surprise like, me. Because, like, as I said before, like, I've, I've always kind of tried to stay, you know, I try and keep it a bit more, I don't know how people feel about politics and all this kind of stuff, but how much they want to see it in their life. But I've always been critical of, obviously, of, like, China, for example. I've been very critical of them on this podcast with Tencent's involvement in Don't Nod in terms of, like, the way that um, wavelengths and Life is Strange and stuff, is content is marketed in China, especially with their kind of, like, stringent position on LGBT plus rights and human human rights in general as well you know you only have to look at in china the amount Ouija muslims are killing in genocide essentially no one say anything about that um but the same with like russia for example like there's like it does it like does it really surprise you that russia's doing something like this like you know what vladimir putin is doing at the minute with ukraine you know shout out to the guy who runs a life is strange twitter uh, life is strange timer twitter account you know he lives in ukraine mm-hmm. he's been tweeting about the atrocities being seen in, in um in, in Ukraine as well. So it's like, you know, this kind of thing is just another, is another staple of like what happens in Russia with like, like this kind of like the way that they treat people. I saw only a couple of days ago on the news, I can't remember what the subject was. It, it was about someone getting sent to prison in Russia. And like the Russian state media asked Vladimir Putin in the press conference, like, do you agree with the verdict of the, of the, the court system? And he's like, he's like, he's like basically just re- returned saying, um, judging, uh, responding to what the Russian courts are saying is kind of like almost treasonous. And I was like, I was like, you're the president. But it's like, do you know like kind of way he phrased it? It was almost like it came across as so villainous. It's like, you're saying that this is, you're questioning me about what the Russian courts are saying, but I'm also the president. And Vladimir Putin's control and influence in Russia is, is extraordinary. If you go and read history, like Jesus Christ, like his rise for the KGB and everything else with it, and where he's, where he's positioned himself. Like, you know, he's not a man to be messed with in that kind of sense. So it's like with them, well, this kind of stuff, like they, they have this kind of thing with, with Russia. Like Russia has a different mentality with things. Like it really does like to kind of explain things to you. People have said with like in the Ukraine war at the minute, they've always said like, you know, Russia will pull out and stuff like this and Russia will have it. Russia has a different mentality to life. Like they really do like look at when they were in the eighties, when they were in Afghanistan for 10, they fought 10 years in the war there. They just kept fighting. They were losing. They lost badly to the Mujahideen, to the, to the Afghans. They were losing a lot of people. But so for example, in history, when when Russia uh, went into Berlin, they lost thousands, millions of soldiers on the front line in Russia, and and yeah. especially in like Germany when they were storming the Reichstag, they were storming it to to end the war. But like, do you know the amount of people that they they lost in Russia? They put, basically took all the bodies, put them into one grave, and then unmarked them. They don't have yeah. they don't have the same standard for human life as we do. That's the sim- simple fact of where like people like. When Vladimir Putin's relaying about Ukraine, saying, "Oh, they're committing genocide against Russians," they'll believe it. Mm-hmm. They will. They yeah. might not believe it. They might believe it. But it's like this has happened throughout history with like the kind of like the the oppression towards um, 
different activists, different people. You know, you had Pussy Riot not too long ago when they, they I think they're still going as well. They, they very much gone like an anti-Russia kind of like position, but it's like these people put their lives on the line to kind of see any kind of change. Look at, for example, with China, Tiananmen Square, kind of like any kind of protest. They have protests at the minute with Xi Jinping doing lockdowns yeah. there constantly. So like seeing this, it's like, obviously it's, it's really, you know, I feel for a lot of people who live there, you know, this is an all Russian people. I feel like for a lot of people who live there, because like, this is such a, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard for people like that. And obviously like Life is Strange is characterized in this, for example, so it says a lot about, you know, how that's kind of been hit again, like in itself, it refers to the first Life is Strange, which again is indicative of it. So we've always spoken about Don't Nod and how they portray their themes, their messages. Yeah. You can't cut out any of the LGBT stuff in, in the first Life is Strange, for example. And I don't know if True Colors was even released in Russia. If it was, it's probably, it's, it's definitely be added to this list of LGBT propaganda, quote unquote, as, as Russia is defining it as. But yeah, it's just, it's just horrible. It's, 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 and I said before, like, it's no better than in, in, in terms of like the way that the US media has done things before, like when they were talking about video game violence in the 1990s. There's always, it's always people who just, look for something to propagate or blame. And this is like kind of another wave of Russia kind of like coming down on people who just want to be themselves. Like I, I've always seen it with people and from the very few people I've ever met from LGBT plus backgrounds. And, and I say this as someone who came from a, a, a Asian background as well. And I, and I know how Asian people treat LGBT plus people in their countries. And um, my parents were both from a Muslim faith, but I am very open-minded, very open-minded of how I've met people. And I've only ever met very few people from LGBT plus backgrounds, just to my own kind of like shame, to my own kind of shame and, you know, wishing, having met more people. They've always just said to me, it's like, we just want to be left alone. It's yeah. like, do you feel like watch any part of the news? Like if it's US news, UK news, or like Fox, CNN, all this, they, they bang on about the trans debate and stuff like this, but so much. And like, I've, I've just met from the people I've met, they've always just said like, we just want to be left alone. It's like we yeah. represent less than 1% of the population in the world and you're like send your entire news agenda around us and then creating so much hostility and hate towards people. Look at the stuff that happened in Colorado in the shooting that recently happened. Like this is the yeah. kind of thing that they, they, they're very fearful of because it's like you basically instigate news where it's like you're, you're, you're tapping into the same unhinged people who, who, who resent these people who they've never met. I, I've never, I've never understood that when I met people who like, who hate someone who's trans or gay. I don't get it. It's like, why do you I've, hate this person? This person doesn't affect your life. Speaking as someone from the United States and in the restaurant industry, I have unfortunately met, I'm, I'm in your same boat where just like, kind of like, I don't understand how someone can hate somebody just for their orientation. And it's just kind of like, I've met people who are just like, say heinous things against trans people like in the i'm not i'm not going to repeat exactly what they said but i heard one server like say when a trans person came in like did you see that thing over there i was like what the f like they, that person got fired like instantly so um that wasn't the only thing that that person said by the way like there was more cost to that firing than than just that yeah. statement just to let you know um but I've I've have heard that like someone say like outright like like say like oh I like why do these and they use the F slur against homosexual people like I don't understand why they should exist like they they shouldn't exist and I'm like it takes so much energy to hate somebody when it's just like dude 
chill you don't out. know based yeah. on what like what you kind of like i talked to adam about this before and i was talking to alejandro our podcast with it with adam before when we did our podcast like i i had this weird relationship with this american girl that i knew weird yes. in terms of there was no kind of like definition of it but she said to me like she's like you know i met her mom sort of but we've spoken and she's like my family's quite open-minded about certain things i was like okay and she's like mm-hmm. other parts of my family aren't i was like uh yeah. okay and i was like what do you mean by that and she's kind of like you know it took a little bit of hesitation for her to kind of open but she's like you know i, I wouldn't want you to meet my uncles or anything like that because they'll probably call you like a dirty arab and i'm like yep. what well i'm not even an arab i'm like i'm not even an arab at all and it's like do you want you kind of have that reaction from it and i'm like and, yeah. and then, this is why I've, I've always kind of said it like this is why i've, I've you know, I felt it myself, and like when people say, "Oh, this is about Asian people, and this is about Black people, and this is about trans people," I'm like, oh, "Well, until you feel it yourself, then you'll know it." Like, you know, I know people that I've met, and they like look at you, and you're like, "You're like, it's like, yeah." And you know, you know, the, the first thing they're asking to like, itching about is like, "Where'd you come from?" It's like that's not really relevant to this conversation, and I'll cross that bridge with you at some point if I find you interesting enough to have a conversation with you about it. It's like, you're not the first person to ask it. It's not the last person to ask about it. But it's like the stuff of that, as you said. And in itself as well, you were a youth pastor. So you've seen it yourself from the religious front of the way that people are treated who are gay and like yeah. the horrific people that go through the, the horrificness of some people going through gay conversion therapy, which is like being outlawed and it's still practiced in certain places and all kinds of like thing with that. So it's like this kind of stuff like in itself. I have, like, yeah, I like it's... I have worked with churches that have wanted to pray the gay away. Like they, they straight up wanted yeah. like, I uh, anytime a kid came out to me, like I kept it to myself, you know, cause I knew what the church would say. And I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not like breaking this person's trust, you know, just so the church can like take advantage of this kid. It's a kid, like a, like a kid, dude. Like they, I don't know that that's why I'm not a youth pastor anymore. Like I stopped. I'm just yeah. like I couldn't stand it anymore. No, it just got to me a no. lot. I don't. Yeah, I don't blame you. And, it, and this is the thing with like this kind of like news. It does. It just. It just sink you a little bit hard because it's like the the car article in itself. When <clears> reading it, it's like contradiction with a contradiction because there's no definition of what great propaganda is. And it's like what happens if this happens? It's kind of been a little bit flimsy in court. It's like how does it really sustain itself? Like, and it, but again, it's like it's down to where Russia stands in itself. It's history. It's like the way it perceives things. Like you know. It's a different country, man. It's a di- I've never been to Russia, but I know it enough to like, have read it about it. I've yeah. seen, like, I've listened to people from Russia, what they talk about. It's so different and ideologically when you get into the mindset of it. It's horrific. And it's like, you know, you don't have all the rights in the world in, like, Western worlds as, as trans people from or, or LGBT people, anyone from those backgrounds. But, like, man, I, I, I would be very grateful myself if I was an LGBT person living in the Western world, even though I get, like, a lot of hate and all this as well. It's better than living in Asia or, like, you know, where they have a World Cup at the minute in Qatar or, like, you know, where they have Russia with these kind of laws and stuff like that. Because like, there's some worse places where people who can't express who they are, who have to hide yeah. the fact they're from LGBT, you'd, you'd be hiding this for the rest of your life out of fear that someone reprise on you. And then also the kind of, like, the level of censorship on media again, is indicative of how their culture is reflective of certain things. It's it's really difficult to kind of like, you know, I feel for a lot of people in this kind of news, but it's it's, 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 a, it's an important thing to talk about. And it's like, as I said, this topic will get very much into this and I'm not going to stray away from it because I do want to talk about it. I want this podcast to talk about all kinds of things. 
um, and I've been very open-minded, but I've always been very critical of like, this is why I sound very firm on, on certain views of like my position with like the World Cup in Qatar and in China yeah. or with like what, how they treat people in Russia. And, 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 and I have to like preface it myself, we're not perfect either. The Western world is nowhere near perfect. So it's like we can only preach oh, as yeah. much as we can. You have to eat what you preach. Yeah. No, there's a lot of like societal things in the States that I'm just like, this is just, I, it's messed up, man. Like I said, I don't know. I think that more people need to just chill out, let people be people and just do your own thing. You know, like worry about yourself rather than worry about yeah. other people. Yeah. It's, it's, oh. it's going to take years. Oh, and I'd be truthful, like yeah. years for more, accept, more acceptance to come. Like it's like, for example, we've talked about it before. Like tell me why is the only game that I know that has a lead trans character. And I, think yes. it was, I think it was. I think it was heavily marketed on the fact that it was going to be bold enough to that we don't know. But again, how many publishers are going to really take a punt on that? It was a Microsoft bankrolled game. We've talked about this before. Microsoft really took the hit with it, put it on Games Pass. How well did it really sell? There were a lot. There was. Like, I was seeing so much hate towards it from like all kinds of things. You go on Twitter, for example, which is the biggest toxic cesspit you'll ever see along with Facebook and all the others, and you see how people react towards things. And I'm kind of sitting there, like, do you really have this much hate in your heart to people you've yeah. never met? It's like, do you really have this much hate? Like, I don't, I don't have, I can say that I dislike something. I can say something in a negative tune about like a video game or a, a film or something I've, I've watched, but to hate someone, you don't see me sitting here hating like a developer. I, I've, I've actively seen people who like get really, for me, disturbing levels of like hatred in their blood for the, something or someone. And I'm like, why does it bother you that much? You can criticize something, yeah. you can have a moan, you can do something else, but <clears throat> to actively have that kind of sentiment towards something, it's kind of awful. And this is, for example, like, as I said, like, look at the games that are on there. Like, Assassin's Creed, I didn't really know there was much LGBT propaganda. LGBT propaganda. In, um, quotation mark. I will say in uh, uh, in Odyssey, definitely, there's, um, there. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it propaganda, but okay, Odyssey and Valhalla, you have the option to be gay. And to them, it's propaganda. Right. Okay. So you that's, have the that's, option that's... of, yeah. Like it's kind of, it's a lot like I'm Mass Effect. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ma Mass Effect, you have the option to be gay. Yeah. So there, that's what. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. No, keep going. <laughs> this, this, this no, like, that's what I mean. Like, whole... but again, in, in Russian government, they believe it's a choice to be gay rather than what valhalla and odyssey uh have done and i don't like talking about ubisoft games because i don't want to promote them but i will defend them at this point that saying that like if you are playing as an uh as an lgbtq plus uh player you have the option like we're not going to stop you if you are feeling that way about a character they they want you to yeah. like have the option there for you um but yeah, no, like I wouldn't call that propaganda. You know, I would just call it as like, I don't know, um, accessible as anything else. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just some guy who lives in North Dakota, you know, with a, with a beard and a, and a failing music career. <laughs> well, it makes me aware I'm a guy from the UK with a failing podcast. <laughs> so it's like, we're, what do we know? No, but... <laughs> exactly well i have my i have we have opinions and we like to say opinions yeah. if you want to listen to them that's fine if you have opinions you can leave them in the comments happy, always been happy days for people to leave their thoughts on that you know i i i didn't realize with assassin's creed that's where i've got up to in the series i odyssey's like my next one to hit off the list because i need to i'm gradually trying to get up to date with where they're yeah. at 
and the last one I played was Origins. It's like it wasn't a huge fun, but you know what it is. But I think like Borderlands again. I think this would probably just where the characters are presented like Moxie and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if that. It's like some of these characters are so flimsy. The Last of Us would be like the the Riley Ellie thing, but even that's like again like I I, I just think it's like. You know, there's there's a lot there's a lot to kind of be unpackaged here, but it's just like you know, it's just more awfulness of Russian news to hear on top of what's happening in Ukraine. So it's like you know, it it does paint like a not the best of picture. But again, as I said, I I know Russian history. I know the way that they perceive things. Like and like as I said, like that to have where's it LGBT um, homos, uh, homosexual was a crime until 1993 in the UK. Homosexuality was a crime. Night, homosexual homosexuality was a crime in the UK in the, in, in, until the 1960s, in the mid-1960s. Again, in the US as well, homosexuality was frowned upon for however many years until, you know, it's, it's not as, it's not like it's a, this is just a Russia problem. It's always been a general hostility problem. I've seen it before yes. with so many people. Um, <clears throat> and like the way yeah. they react towards things. Um, but yeah, it's a shame of that. Um, but I think we'll move on to our next topic to kind of change the tone of things. But also I think uh, the gamer should really definitely sub-edit the bottom part of that article because that, that last sentence was not very... Uh... Yeah, you can't just, like, jar somebody with, like, a pun and the pun can yeah, lead to, like, was... saying, like, oh, Russia, you know, like... Dude. There's a weird way of phrasing that. A bit of a weird phrase. There's time and a place for that. Um, yeah. So, last piece of news for our main topic, which is that Don't Know tweeted on the 3rd of the 12th, 2022. It has already been three years since the last episode of Life is Strange 2 was released, long uh... live the Wolf Brothers. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have, I, I don't think Life is Strange's Twitter account tweeted this. Again, we, no. as me and Adam have talked about our theory of Life is Strange 2 and Square Enix's relationship with that. Um, That's why I wonder, like, I wonder if Sean and Daniel are going to appear in the novel at all, if they're on World no, Tour. No, man, they, they, they ain't gonna ever be seen again. They like they, they, no. we have in the in the comics. Certain characters have popped up here and there from where I've read up to. Um, but yeah, Square Enix doesn't like <laughs> doesn't like. No, it's strange to go on, go on their banner as well. The Twitter page is remastered collection in true colors. Sean and Daniel do not exist in any way, shape, or form. In the Life is Strange policy. Twitter account. Yeah. Wait, I need. It's just to see it's, it's just it's just Alex Chen. Um, it's, it's True Colors wow. and, and the Remastered Collection. So, wow. before that, so no, they didn't tweet about it. The last thing they tweeted before the um, Steph story was Happy Birthday, Gabe Chen. They didn't even tweet about the fifth episode of Life is Strange 2 coming out. And then the only wow. other reference they made of Life is Strange recently, too, was <laughs> that it was on sale in Black Friday <laughs> with the other ones. Yeah. The, the tweet yeah, look at that. Sometime. Wow. Look at the art I as well. Like, do, you want to, do you want to share the art of like of the artists? Like the, the Life of Strange two characters usually in the background or something. Yeah. Like look, scroll through them. Like all the recent ones, they've appeared, but they're appearing in the background with the other characters. Yes. Oh wow! Look at that. Oh wait, yeah. Uh, huh. That's wild. Like they're there, but like it? they don't really care. That's unfortunate. No. It didn't. It, it, in my mind, I, I've never seen the full official sales because It didn't, didn't sell well enough. It really, it was, it was easily the, the most divisive entry in the series for me, personally speaking. Yes, um, definitely. And I think, and it was one that I really saw it with like how people reacted towards it. I think possibly it's the best entry in the series. Truth be told, it yeah, could easily I even claim. grown to like it a lot. Like, yeah, I've, yes. I've grown to love uh, Life is Strange too, and yes. that's unfortunate. That they don't really recognize it. Yeah. Oh well. It's, 
I, I find Life is Strange 2 an acquired taste. I think there'll become a time in your place. If you didn't like it the first time, there'll come a point in your life where you'll play it and you'll really enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. the beats really hit. The story is so straightforward. That's the kind of games that I want to play now. Like, I sometimes sit there at home thinking, like, you know, I want to play a game like Life is Strange 2, like, purely story-driven that has this kind of, like, same tempo. Like, the games that I played more recently, like Oxen Free. So I really enjoy them because it's, like, really story, you know, hard-hitting stories that kind of, like, you know, feel at home. They have that kind of adventure setting of it, etc. And, like, you know, this one was a great episode. This was a great finale for Life is Strange 2. Again, it is not talked about enough because people really didn't like Life is Strange 2. Um, I remember speaking to Gonzalo about it when we did Life After Strange, and he said that he cried during the the, uh, the recording of these endings. They were really emotional. Like, you see, you see, basically see Sean go through thick and thin nonstop to eventually get yeah. to the point where he's at. And it's like, it's, it's just such a, it was such a really, for me, a good episode. This is the one that I didn't review. I think I left. I basically left the industry at this point and just didn't get around yeah. to what, uh, reviewing it, which is kind of weird now because it's like the one episode which I didn't review. I don't know how I'd score it. It'll probably be scored a high, high score for what I can remember with it. Um, and, and as I said before, Life is Strange Two is a game I haven't played since I I, I bought it. And I don't want to play it again because it's like I played it and I really, really hold great memories with it. It's like I have to go yeah. if I go and watch it again on YouTube, I enjoy it. But it's like I don't really want to go back and play because I really had great memories with it. And I think like as we spoke about with Alejandro a couple episodes ago, you know, he, he really loved the direction that Donod went with it. He really, really relates to Sean Diaz and Daniel Diaz. He loves that story. Um, it, it really hits the tempo, it hits the tempo of them. And again, I know that a lot of people love it. I just wish it just didn't have as weird of a, weird of a feeling as it does with, um, Life is Strange, um, fans. And I think like it really set the tone for West Square and it took the series with true colors and et cetera. My, my own kind of personal belief with it. Um, mm-hmm. but definitely an anniversary to be remembered, and I'm grateful that Donut has acknowledged it. If not, <laughs> Life is Strange where it can't Yeah, they they rarely ever acknowledge Life is Strange too. As I said before, I've said it a million times this podcast. Go back now, you'll see it more and more. They'll acknowledge it sometimes. They like post like one or two Life is Strange two focused pieced artworks, but they just don't acknowledge it in any way, shape, no. or form. It's always the first. It's the first one. BTS a little bit and True Colors mainly. They're the ones that I always kind of like patterned for that Twitter account, but I wanted to give a shout out to Life is Strange 2 episode five. Great episode. Um oh yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, episode, very, for sure. Yeah, very very fitting, very fitting ending. Um so should we kick into our main topic? I think so, yeah. Okay. So the main fear, the main topic for this one was going to be that our theories on why <clears throat> Steph was chosen as a Life is Strange character feature in the novel ahead of any other characters. So mm-hmm. let me kind of break this down in my, my way of think about it. And I, if anyone who's listening, but I've always said to Adam that my thing with true colors, and I've always had to repeat this. I don't dislike true colors. I like it, but true yes. colors always rubbed me the wrong way when I was playing it. I could not tell you why it was like that. I kept feeling it. Every scene I was watching, every beat it was doing, I kept feeling like, I was like, do I hate this game? Do I like this game? Why do I feel a little bit indifferent towards it, etc. Now, I've always pitched my Force Awakens theory to Adam, which is like basically it's like kind of like the renaissance of the, the Life is Strange series. The same way J.J. Abrams basically took liberties from George Lucas's A New Hope for the Force Awakens. Yeah. It's very much identical, beat by beat. There's so many different things. There's maybe one or two differences. Well, essentially, it's it's kind of almost the exact same thing. It's, it's no different from like the amazing Spider-Man from... Um, was called Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1. Like, there's so many beats that hit the exact same. It's just basically like, kind of like a carbon copy in, in certain ways. So I've always felt that with True Colors. 
And I think like True Colors like took too many liberties from Life is Strange One, and it really rubbed pe some people the wrong way. It went too mainstream with certain things, and then it kind of like lost the identity for me what Don't Nod was doing, where it was like taking the series in different directions with really different stories, different things. There's too many similarities yeah. there for me. There's not too much. There's not too much appreciation and kind of like paying homage to the great Life is Strange one, but rather we'll do a lot of story beats and copy it almost the exact same way in certain places. Again, not criticism towards Deck Nine. I think that was personally a Square Enix decision, just based on yes. what I what I can tell, what I know, and the way that the kind of game is developed. Now, this relates all to Steph and how I feel about Steph. So basically, again, do I hate Steph? No. Do I like Steph? Yeah, I like Steph. Is she one of my yeah. favorites? Not necessarily. But again, that doesn't mean that I dislike her. I think she's a good character fit in the in the games. It was a nice kind of touch from Deck Nine. It gave them a, an original character that you could think that fits quite nicely in the first Life is Strange, even though she's not seen in the first Life is Strange. So it's kind of like right. a little bit of a success story for Deck Nine. Now, mm -hmm. what's always rubbed me the wrong way is that how much True Colors' development changed. I don't know myself. And I've always been theoretically kind of like putting myself in positions because look at the way that things are done. It's like even the DLC, for example, Wavelengths, it's around Steph Gingrich. Why is yes. it around Alex Chen? And mm. it's like, it's like kind of like a weird kind of like beat tempo of it. So for example, um, Life is Strange 1, Chloe and Max are a commodity. And the same thing with like, you know, Life is Strange Before the Storm, it's Rachel and Chloe. Then Life is Strange 2, it's Daniel and Sean. And then with Life is Strange True Colors, I always felt it was going to be Steph and Alex. Then Ryan's mm. there as well. And Ryan, yes. for some reason, sometimes when you play for the story, it gravitates you in different ways. Like, I felt that Steph wasn't shown as much as she should have been in True Colors, the way they were kind of like positioning her. That I always felt that the, the choice of like the, the kind of love interest was always directed towards Steph. I'm pretty sure the heavy choice on the actual final um you know choice screen as well where it shows how many people voted was always heavily steph and alex over alex and ryan and mm. it makes me question it's like it's like and i've always said sam was like, i always think that steph was meant to be the original main character of true colors yeah yeah that's for sure so i think like this yeah and i feel that this is why my, my theory of like her being the main character of the life is strange novel is, is being done in this way because it's like look how much information that's kind of like missing in between like the stories of like you know the way they kind of like they plucked so much of her story out and put it into a wavelengths dlc and then it's like you know the love interest with izzy and all this huge amount of backstory that is with the character that's now in novel form steph just seems a little bit like juggled a little bit for me at, at times I, i'm not I, I don't know there's something with it that just doesn't sit right in my heart i, I feel like there's something meant to be more with steph gingrich I feel like whether mm. it's an executive decision that came down for the top brass or how Deck Nine had originally pitched the story with Steph as the main character, Steph just seemed to have, seemed to me to have much more of a predominant game role in the story. And then mm. it has kind of changed a little bit because you could have even e easily, like, let me picture this way, easily, that opening scene past the, the psychiatric part with Alex when she arrives in Haven and she has a backpack and she's like looking over the bridge, that could easily have been Steph. No. Why? Wait. Why do you think of, that? Of her, like, of her arriving in Haven, that could be the start right. of the story. You would think that, like There's... Eric, like I was gonna say, Erica. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you think they would they they would know each other before she arrived to Haven? Alex might not even be in the game at that point. It could have been basically a story of her arriving in 
Haven Springs, settling in. She meets Gabe Chen. Gabe Chen gets killed. Then she starts unraveling the mystery of what happens with Titan. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, just just mm. just two senses of like what it is because I I I think that thing things just seem to keep changing for it. But it just seems weird, like the way that she was positioned in the game, mm-hmm. and like she's in this store. Okay, fair enough. And like she's the one of the main returning characters so far. But then when I was playing the game, she's not really there as much as I thought she was going to be. I thought she was going to be like the 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 Rachel Amber to Chloe Price, the Chloe Price to Max Caulfield, the Daniel Diaz to Sean Diaz. I thought she was going to have an intricately main webbed position in the story. But yet there's like big portions of the game where it's just Alex and then. Alex mixing with Gabe Chen and kind of like their story has a big part in it. But then also Ryan kind of like tagging along with Alex and then, you know, Steph turning up in different scenes and kind of having this kind of moment with her. Mm. And then it also seems like that Steph had a big backstory that they wanted to flesh out and they fleshed out a little bit in Wavelengths. Wavelengths seems to have been like kind of almost a little bit hindered by the pandemic and the way they kind of changed things. Like you're just basically in this one store and just doing the same thing repeatedly. And then you come into the novel form, and the novel seems to greatly expand on Steph again, and it's like again indicative of my like my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, thinking like you you seem to have planned a lot out for Steph. It's like why just Steph? Like, yeah. I know she's relatable for things, but if you put the copy on that, if you put a book on the shelf, and we're going to me and you go into the bookstore, and we know life is strange just as a very casual thing, we're going to be looking at it and be like, who's Steph? Who's that? Yeah, it's not Rachel Amber. Yeah. It's not it's not Chris, Chloe Price. It's not Max Coffee. Chloe Price and Max Coffee are the main selling points as they were in the comics that sold it on that. And they use Rachel Ambers as the third kind of like floating around character that it, as they tried to tie the story in. Same so if you go to the store and you saw Sean Diaz, you'd be like, all oh, right, I know Sean. And you're like, hang on a minute, it's right. Steph. It's like, she doesn't even have, she's not the main character of her own video game yet. Again, not knocking Steph. As I said, I'm like, I'm just kind of putting this kind of conversation in the context of theories. It's like, why Steph Gingrich over any other Life is Strange character? Like there's so many you could have done, like you focus on specifically more so and, and more so if anything, the, the kind of argument that I'm trying to make is if why is Alex Chen not the main character of this novel that you could mm. basically explore her, her entire life is there before, before yeah. Haven. Yeah. Like I, I would have loved to know more about uh, why her dad left. Like we know why yeah. he left, but like, I would love more detail. I would love, you know, more, about the um about the facilities that she was in like it, there's a lot of story that was left unsaid there was hinted at it for sure but we 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 could learn more even if we got a gabe story like if we got a gabe novel you know what i mean like that would be that would be something but i yeah. think steph yeah i think steph is just more of like they they see the numbers they're they're on the internets you know they 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 know yeah. what people feel and they know there's like a lot of like Steph art, let's say. Like there's a lot of fan art of Steph. They Steph has been like a pinnacle in the Life is Strange community. And <clears throat> excuse me. She's been the pinnacle for like Life is Strange fanship. Um it, I haven't seen this much love for a character since Kate Marsh. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would say like Kate Marsh was the Steph Gingrich of, you know, I, what I should say actually is that Steph Gingrich is the Kate Marsh of the, before the storm, like deck nine series. So that's what I think is that like Kate Marsh, a lot of people sided with Kate because of the trauma that she went through. And then we get Steph who I don't think people connected in the same way of like trauma. 
I think they connected with Steph in the way of like she's nerdy, but is still trying to find her self in in everything. You know, so I, I think there's like a lot of um, Life is Strange fans that can relate to Steph's story, and I think that's why they connected mm. with Steph a lot. And Square Enix sees who people are connecting with. They they they're on Twitter. They hold, um, what do you call them? Um, like where folks you gather groups. people. Yes, they hold focus groups, and they, they know listen to this podcast. They, they know this podcast. <laughs> they they see Katie's streams probably. They they definitely see Katie Benz's yeah. streams, and I think they know that like okay, on a business sense, how many books are going to sell of Alex Chen? Like how many people are connecting with Alex Chen versus how many people are connecting with Steph Gingrich? And on a business move, they're going with Steph. And, and I think that I think it would be more interesting if we got a Gabe story. Um, mm. but unfortunately. Not a lot of people are connecting with Gabe in the same way that they're connecting with Steph. And on a business move, they went with Steph because they need a safe money-making route, a safe money-making investment. Because they're also investing in a in a separate author, like not an in-house author. They're they're investing in like a well like established author in the in the in the yeah. book world. So they want to make their money back. Yeah, that that would that would make sense. Even when you said it's a young adult novel as well, and like the LGBT yeah. folks they put with Steph as well, she would relate to it. But then again, just like like you could have easily made the book where it's like almost like I said with the season pass they could have made for this game where it's like stories told from each character's perspective. Oh yeah, you could have done it where it's like a, a novel where it's told from each character's perspective of like people who live in Haven. So it's it's Steph, it's Ducky, it's um, Riley, yeah. it's you know. Um, Charlotte, it's all these characters that could have happened with that, but just something there that just doesn't sit right with me. Even with Alex as well, like, why would you make Alex the main character then if she's not as popular as Steph? It's like, yeah. there's just they, like, they there's really just, did I, try with Alex. They they tried to yeah. make her relatable, and and, I, and I related a lot. I liked her, you know, but they made a max. That's why. Yeah, it's true. Um, is, is, I, again, look at how different. Like, how to compare Max and right. Like, as I said, like sit there and like play True Colors. Like, look what look. Try and see it from the eyes that I seeing it. Like, where I'm like looking at with Max. I this is why I said to um. <laughs> so I said to yeah. Erica when we did that life after Stranger. So I was like, do you ever consider method acting for it? And she like yeah. looked at me and like you, you know afterwards like she was talking to me afterwards. She like just joked. She like I really enjoy that. And she like I don't think anyone ever asked me if I was doing method acting. But I, I was like I'm asking you because like the way that they're doing this character. Is so similar to Max. They always refer to Max potentially having like um, autism or something like that. The way that she does things, or she's by, or she's some, she has some kind of like, um, you know, not condition. I'm not trying to look away. That she, you know, she she has some kind of like she's different. You know, they 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 very much try and relate that in 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 like the strange one. And it's like the, the, the those similarities carry over to Alex. The way that she's very awkward. The way she's like kind of like interacts. The way she like looks at people. The way she talks. You know. So it's like that was the thing with me with like True Clone. I was watching. I was like, why is this like really taking so many liberties from Life is Strange One? And I think that, I, I think I I'm pretty convinced that they're basically hoping that Alex would become the new Max Caulfield, and it could yeah. be like, all oh, right, we've got a big big banger here. We can go forward and kind of do it. But it didn't seem to have necessarily the same resonance. Like people like Alex, I like Alex. You know, I really enjoyed sure. her. but she doesn't have the same kind of like impact as Max. <clears throat> I think like maybe Steph's popularity stuck 
on as much as it did from before the storm, if not rose a little bit in stock value. So I think that's why they probably put her on the novel cover. I just, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a bit curious in the novel. It just seems a bit of a, an interesting selection choice and route that they went with it. Like a young adult novel with that, like fucking, mm-hmm. I'll just put Max and Chloe in the front of it and sell it in the bookstore. Jesus Christ. Can't yeah. imagine what the numbers would be for that. Like there were people who were just like jump at an opportunity for that. Like, you know, but I just, yeah. I just think it, I just I thought it was a very interesting choice that they went with that. And it's like, just reading the synopsis of it again, like it's, it's liberties with that. Like, I don't, I, I'm really keen at what some point next year, just to sit down and try and order the Chinese version of true colors. It's been localized in that, in that region. And I want to play it because it's like, I want to see if this kind of relates into my other points where I've said, like, for example, we don't see Izzy. So like the stuff that Izzy's in, in the game for wavelengths, the main game, etc. that could easily be cut content in the Chinese version, because as I said before, you know, China's very stringent positions on LGBT stuff as well. And it's like, I'm like curious, like how much the LGBT stuff stays in, in China's version, like wavelengths. She has that entire block of the, the LGBT thing that she puts down, like, you know, the Pride Month in the wavelengths, and they're just going to cut wavelengths. Do wavelengths even get released in China? That's the other question I've got. Up with yeah. That. So it's like, it's a tough style, man. It's a tough style. Like, imagine if Steph was the main character in the game and the love interest was Izzy. Like, yeah. Would, a, would Life is Strange True Colors hit the same mainstream popularity as it did with the sales and stuff that they did with True Colors? No, like, it's, it's hard for publishers to make these decisions, but I, I'm, there's just something with, with, with true colors, obviously, you know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall and see what happens in development. I know from my own oh, yeah. kind of sources and my own kind of like input, like how much has changed during the development of this and what I've pieced together. It has, it did seem to be changed a lot. But again, I don't know how much Square Enix has had influence on this. And I've always said before, like, I'm, I'm always happy that this podcast exists and I don't really want anything from Square Enix. I don't want anything yeah. in return from them. I've never asked anything from them, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I'm not really that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> sit here and not give you impartial responses like those other. Um, those other shill influencers, as I like to call them, you know, the ones that start celebrating it. Oh, here's Alex Chen's jacket from a press release package. And it's like, well, and then people like sit there worshipping every word they're saying. It's like, do you not wonder if they're really biased? Because I'm really wondering if they're biased if someone's not paying the money for oh, it. Like, God, yeah. for example, like, I, I'll say this to you now, like, you know, Montreal's game comes out and we'll cover it. I'll, and they gave us a, and, and, you know, if, 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 if they gave us a code for it, and I would love them if they did, I would go and buy it at full release because that's the conversation yeah. I'd want to have with you. I'm like, would this be the package I'm going to have to do it? And in itself, if we did a video on it, I don't think it would call it a review. I'd call it a discussion because I can't sit here in front of you and say, I'm a neutral um, person and I can give you an honest review of how I feel about Luke and Michelle's game because do you really think I'm going to say bad things about it? And even, even, yeah. even if they said to me, it's like, you can't be critical of it. I, I would find it hard. It's it's hard for me to kind of say to you, like, I, I, in the same with like when I was in the industry, I felt that with Life is Strange too. When I was writing reviews, I was like, I was like, maybe I'm not the right person to review this now because I've got obviously got a very big loyal allegiance to Don't Nod in terms of the way that I felt about the first Life is Strange. And I feel very biased at this point. So maybe this is influencing it. But back on the main conversation with my like, actual true colors and stuff. Um, you know, as I said, I don't have any allegiance to Swanix, don't own anything, but I, I've noticed that there's a lot of things that keep changing this series, and it seems to be a decision that is appearing to come from the top brass, where it's like, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this, let's bring Rachel Lambert to the story. Whether you like it in the comments or not, I obviously loved having Rachel Lambert there, but, you know, that's just me. But it's like, we'll change this direction, the story will change this, we'll change this, we'll change the true colour direction, we'll change this and change this, we'll forget about um, Daniel and Sean, etc. There's like a lot of things where I kind of just sit there thinking like, hmm, you know. Yeah. There's there's more to this than meets the eye, and it's the same with Steph as well. I just think that the the novel is just oh, it's 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 an interesting choice of Steph. 
Like so many life of strange characters. The main one, obviously, again, is is Max and Chloe or um, Alex. And I think that you obviously make the argument for the fact that Max and Chloe's story has been done in a comic series. So fair enough. But yeah. Then my go-to would be Alex. But then maybe your your kind of comment of it being like they know how much interaction Steph gets. They decide to do it with Steph as the main character. But then again, that with them just doing that in itself, it again relates to the fact that the DLC is about Steph in True Colors. And yeah. the, again, like the way the story is done in Life is Strange, because you could el- eliminate Alex Chen from the story, put Katie's yeah. performance in the main role, and then it, it even then it makes me raise red flags. I'm like, it seems like Deck Nine were really keen to have St- um, Steph in a predominantly large role, and it's like, you know, something doesn't yeah. fit right there for me. No, I, I think it's mainly due to a, a business move, and it's just like whether or not we agree with it. It's just like they want to make their investments back. And fortunately, well, not even unfortunately, they just see what everybody interacts with. They, 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 they run the numbers. These, these don't happen by accident. Um, and as much as we want other stories, that's where fan fiction is birthed from because people want these stories. So they take it upon themselves. But unfortunately, uh, canon things only happen when it makes back money. And that's the unfortunate side. Yeah. And it's weird that you bring that up because it's a big risk, like you said, because, like, there's so much fan fiction out there. It's like the kind of thing that people have been spoon feeding for, like, so long. Is it like, do they really want this? Is it really going to get the sales returns? Like, yeah, it's it's wild. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, and, and and I'm sure there's somebody in square enix that is well aware of all the fan fiction that's out there and like that's what i mean like billionaires don't have it by accident you know nothing happens by accident in that way someone's there researching someone there is looking at numbers someone there is actually like putting the time in to understand what is the best business move and it looks like the votes are in and you know steph came out the winner um whereas like Han Soto's performance, unfortunately, is a niche uh, performance, I guess. I don't know. But it's, it, it just sucks that we we want other stories, but doesn't mean that the majority wants other stories. And it's, it's weird to say that, like, Gabe wasn't relatable in the mass majority. You know, I, I mm. felt like he was like a big brother to everybody. But... You know, the the numbers spoke or Square Enix spoke or something and they took the safe routes and I'll say it all the time, billionaires never happen by accident. And that was the move that they chose and researched and that that's yeah. what they did. Yeah, like, be that's my theory. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if this pays off the way that I think the way that they've been thinking. Um Yeah. Well Square we, Enix, should... it's never gonna meet their numbers. Well, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing ever meets. Another, <laughs> yeah, unless it's a Final Fantasy game, nothing meets their numbers. No, never, never yeah. does, does it? Mm-hmm. Um, should we jump into our spread of the arts? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so I hope you enjoy that topic. We mean spread the arts. Adam, do you want to kick things off? Uh, well, I'm going to self plug. <laughs> it's not going to self plug, dude. Um, did you just introduce a segment so you can self plug every time? I feel like this is a a common reoccurrence now. No, not me. No. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, for the past four weeks, so about a month, all of my free time 
like legitimately all my free time. When I say I've been playing the Callisto protocol, I've played maybe two hours <laughs> like since its release. Um all of my free time has gone into a new project. Uh I've made Caster Garden, which is a low fry lo-fi project, and I'm making a Christmas EP. The first annual Caster Garden holiday special is coming out on Friday. So the 16th, Ooh. so two two days after this comes out. Um literally all of my free time has been spent making this. So I am very tired and I hope you like it. And I hope you I, I hope it comes across that I put in some work into this CP because I'm very proud of this project. But it's 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 funny, it's chill. Uh, the second track, I'm very excited for everybody to hear. But the the second track on the EP is easily my favorite. So I, I hope you enjoy it. Again, uh, it's called Caster Garden Holiday Special. You'll find it on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, my Bandcamp. Hopefully, if it uploads on time, uh, it will be on the 16th on Friday. Um, so yeah, give that a go. Uh, other than that, you know, check out Dayglow. He put out a new album a while ago. I think I mentioned it already. Uh, People in Motion. So Dayglow, People in Motion. That's a great album. That that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So I'm gonna disappoint at this point and say that I've not really watched anything or enjoyed anything the last two weeks because I've been a, I've been consumed by my driving lessons and stuff and everything else, my driving test and everything else. And life has finally got itself back on route. I did pass, if anyone's wondering. So I'm going to give you a recommendation for my brother who's recommended this to me. And it's currently in my Amazon Prime watch list, which I hopefully might try and attack tonight. So it's called a season one of The Devil's Hour. Ooh. So it was released in 2022. It's got Peter Capaldi in it, Doctor mm -hmm. Who himself, or a former nice. doctor. So the, the actual thing on the actual Amazon description is Peter Capaldi and Jessica Rain start in this gripping six-part psychological thriller. Lucy wakes every night at exactly 3.33 a.m. Nothing in her life has made sense for a long time, but the answers are out there somewhere at the end of a trail of brutal murders. Dun, hmm. dun, dun. Hmm. So that is my recommendation because he's recommended it to me at the moment. So it's about 59 minutes per episode. I'm going to try and attack it tonight because I need to start getting into series. So I thought I'd recommend that, having not even watched it. But I take my brother's recommendations quite quite significantly. So do check that out if you have Amazon Prime. It's on there. Nice. All right. Good recommendation, for sure. Indeed. Yes, rescue that somehow. But yeah, we're done. That is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, pl again, please do subscribe, leak, like, turn on notifications, turn on comments. Um, you know, you'll stay up to date with our content. And also, Strangecast is available on all podcast services. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify with a video version. We're on YouTube, obviously, if you're watching here with, with the video version as well and audio. Um, as I said, like 2023 will hopefully bring much more bigger things for us as well. To get this kind of channel back on with things in also Life After Strange. Just be taking a bit of a downtime myself, if anything. But as I said, this will be our final episode before Christmas. So do enjoy Christmas as well. You know, enjoy it with family, do it with everything else. Will it be the last episode of Christmas? Yeah, it'll be the last episode of Christmas. So do enjoy it. We'll have one more episode that will be that will kind of last one for the entire year as well. So you can, we'll cover everything that we've done there. But yeah, stay tuned. We're back before the end of the year. Until then, take care. See you later. Peace.